Father God, we ask that you move freely this morning. Lord, as we are scattered throughout the lands, we ask that you just move into each doorway, each living room, each bedroom, wherever people are watching this right now, Lord, we just pray that you show up in a mighty way. Father, as we feel so disconnected right now, our prayer is that in the midst of this, that you find a way to connect us. Lord, be the thing that holds us together this morning as we worship all over the place, as geography no longer contains us, as the church is no longer a building, but the church really is the people, and wherever we're worshiping is you were there. Father, bless this time. Speak loudly to us all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, I have, a, I have a buddy of mine. His name is Jared, and he tells this story when he speaks at different camps or different things that he's engaged with. And he tells a story about when he was in high school, he was playing basketball. And at some point during the game, the other players kept messing up, and they ended up losing the game, and he was just in a terrible, terrible mood. And on the way home, he was just kind of pouting and just kind of being a little sissy. And his mom was driving the car and she turned around and she said, Jared, when are you going to learn that the people are more important than the game? See, there's, there's an element of worship that is revolved around sacrifice. And sometimes we have to sacrifice who we are and our egos to be able to worship in a community. And one of the things that we forget sometimes, especially when we're playing sports, is that we tend to think it's about the way we performed and why can't everyone else come to that standard? And we miss the community aspect of that. Today's scripture is quite amazing for the time that we find ourselves in because we're, we're in a time right now where sacrifice is not only difficult, but it is becoming second nature for us. For me, I, I work at home 90% of the time anyway. I have my laptop and I'm going and, and I just, it's easy for me. No, nothing has really changed for me as far as this social distancing and sheltering in place and all these things. It hasn't really affected the way that I work every day. Except for when you add in the fact that now Julie is also home, working from home, and Emma is also home, working from home, and Ellis is sitting at that table with me working from home. So now everything is a little bit different. And, and now I don't have that time to just kind of put everything in and do my work. I work from home almost all the time anyway, so it hasn't really changed the way that, that I function. I bring out my laptop, I sit at the dining room table, and I get my work done. So everything for me during this social distancing or this sheltering in place hasn't changed very much. Unless, of course, you add to the fact that now Julie is also working from home, teaching classes, so she's constantly on web chatting and, and talking with people. And then Emma 
is also attending class virtually. So she's talking and she's got all this stuff going on. And then Ellis is sitting next to me at the dining room table and he's trying to do his math homework and I'm trying to teach him how to do math. And I don't know how to do this new math. So I, I'm trying to teach him how to do the math he's the way he's learned it, but I only know the algorithm way. And so there's a whole lot of other stuff just being crammed into this time that is already chaotic. If there's one thing we understand right now is sacrifice. And let me tell you how we can easily tie this into the idea of how we can understand sacrifice in the midst of worship. You are in your living room right now. Some of you are in your bedroom right now and you still haven't got out of bed. You just got your phone up and you're watching it there. There's an element of sacrifice that we are giving up the way we worship. Everything is different. Well, so we think. Because it seems like back in Paul's day, there were still these issues of worship and sacrifice that needed to be talked about. In our, in our passage today, we're going to be in Romans 12. Romans 12, we're going to be in verses 1 through 12. If you've got a Bible, maybe it's the one time you get to take your family Bible off the shelf and open it up and share it together as a family. Romans 12, verses 1 through 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve that God's will is his good and pleasing and perfect will. I want to stop right there because we're going to lay groundwork for what we're going to talk about this morning. The important thing here is that we understand that this starts in worship. And what worship is doing is it's bringing us closer to God. It's bringing us into the presence of God. The reason why we sing before service is not to be entertained. The reason we sing before service is because we're being ushered into the presence of God. And I'll tell you, there are times when the worship set just kills it. And it's not about the performance, but it's about how close everyone is to that throne. And then I get up and talk and it's like we're just here and we're sitting at the feet of Jesus. And, and my job becomes a lot easier because we're all understanding where we are and what we're doing already. So this idea that who we are becomes our worship and what it does, it transforms everything that we do. We become this, this loving community. We, we become these people that long to be changed, that long to be different than everyone else, that longs to just look a little bit strange in a good way. And so as we, as we search after what it looks like to be renewed, to, to be worshipers. It starts with that change of who you are. And I know, see, here's the thing. We always look at this passage of scripture as if it was some kind of individualistic idea. We read it as I, I, I. But this scripture is very plural. We're involving a community here. So everything we read is not just about you. It's not just about me. It's about us. And right now, the way we're living, it's so important that we remember the us, that we remember it's not just about me. It's not just about you. It's about all of us. It says, verse 3, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. But if you have the gift of prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. 
If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. There is so much going on here, but this is where I want to focus this morning. We are one body made up of many different parts. And we have to be able to love authentically in order for that to work. Can you imagine, just for a second, and maybe Pixar is going to make this movie one day, but what if my foot actually hated my leg. And, and, and in the way that it worked, my foot could be independent of my leg, and I would want it to do something, but it wouldn't work together. And all of a sudden now, we've got different body parts doing different things, running over different ways, and we cannot function. This is exactly how the body of Christ works. Whatever gift you have, use that gift. However it works, for the glory of God. See, the problem is right now that we are one body that has been disembodied. We were never meant to live in isolation. Do you want to know why it's so hard for us to social distance? Because we were made to be in community. We were made to love authentically. We were made to hate what is evil. And l let me just take a break right there and just kind of elaborate on that just a little bit. When I say we hate what is evil... I'm not saying that we take the particular sin that we're against and we hate that. What it means to hate is what is evil means to hate the things that grieve God. The social things that kind of just make the, just the anger well up inside of us, whether that's kids going to bed hungry, whether it's people in other countries not having clean water to drink. Those things that we know are not right, those things make us angry. Those things grieve the heart of God. Those are evil things. And so we hate those things. We don't hate them individually. We hate them as a body because they are against the head of who we are. They grieve the spirit of God. And so we begin to hate evil in a way that is different than just hating things that we don't agree with. But we must love authentically so that everything we do comes out of that idea that we are being loving. So when we encounter things, we encounter them in love. You know, the opposite of love is not hate. This, this scripture tackles that. The opposite of love is selfishness. And how you counter selfishness is through generosity, is through giving. Right now, we, and maybe, maybe I'm going to talk to one of you right now, and you're not going to like it, and you're going to be able to turn off the TV because you don't have to get up and leave, and it's less embarrassing. But I'm going to talk to those people right now that are grabbing things off the shelf and making sure that no one else has anything. Hoarding, hoarding is exactly what this is talking about. Now, listen, if you need toilet paper, go buy toilet paper. But I'm pretty sure no one needs 14 Costco packages of toilet paper. This, this is going to pass before that. And, and by the way, if you need 14 packages of toilet paper, you've got other issues than just staying at home. 
You might want to go get that checked out. The thing is, is that we need to be a generous people. We need to be people that aren't, that aren't hunkering down and saying, mine, 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 because that is not how we love authentically. The opposite of love is grabbing and hoarding and making sure it's mine and making sure it's all mine. We have to be willing to look out there and see the things that grieves God's heart and hate them. And then we mobilize as a body. I mean, there's a reason why you don't see me leading worship. It's a very good reason. The body all has these different parts. Every one of us, when we're together, we fill a different need in this kingdom. And we have to remember that as long as we are doing what God has built us to do and going out there and, and acting out of love as our motivator, then we are going to be able to do amazing things regardless of the coronavirus, regardless of the building, regardless of where we're meeting, all of that stuff. It doesn't matter anymore because we are going to be doing exactly what God has called us to do. We are going to worship with a true heart out of an authentic love. And in doing so, we are going to make sacrifices. We, we are going to do things that aren't natural for us. We're going to say that maybe my neighbor is just as important to me as I am to God. And we have to reach out and make sure they're okay. We have to check on those people around us. I'm, I'm part of a a group of people that get together and we talk about the scriptures that we're preaching. And, and um, this is a, a series that a lot of us are preaching right now through Lent. And one of the guys who's preaching this sermon, he brought up the fact that Corona actually means crown. And so this, this coronavirus that, that we affiliate now with this, with this crown of death, when we look at it through a Romans 12 perspective, this can become a corona of life, a crown of life, because we can enter into this with this abundance of love and this hatred of evil and this act of worship and this act of giving and this act of sacrificing and not just putting me in front and not thinking too much of myself because selfishness is the best way to kill community and kill love. But we look at it as this is our chance to recognize the fact that we are one body. And just like when I'm holding something up with my right hand and it gets tired, I'm going to switch hands and I'm going to hold it with my left hand and we can take each other's burdens and we can continue to lift those burdens up. This is how we need to operate right now. We need to mobilize and we need to be true worshipers. We need to be renewing who we are. We need to be rethinking what it looks like to be the church. And that needs to be centered in an authentic love. We're going to move into connecting time now. And I know that this is one of the things that looks radically different. Maybe some of you made the bread recipe and you have your little flatbread in front of you and your juice or your water or whatever liquid that you happen to have on you. And you're going to participate in communion during this time with us. Maybe for some of you, you need to go over to the website at connectednas.com and you need to put in a prayer request and we'll throw it up on our wailing wall. And it kind of takes the place of our cross. I know that my family right now has candles set up and, and, and they're going to participate in the lighting of the candles because we do believe that there is something amazing about the way light can penetrate darkness. And as you say a prayer, you light that candle and all of a sudden you see something change. Light comes into the world. That's how we believe prayer works. 
that as we plead to God and cry out to God, that light actually comes into the world. I think this is a great opportunity to take your coffee table and make it an altar. And maybe you need to just be on your face right now in front of God and just, maybe, maybe you need to ask God to give you a spirit that is not selfish, but a spirit that is loving. Maybe we need to figure out what that looks like right now. Whatever it is that, that you need to use to connect with God, if you just want to stay where you're sitting right now, you can do that. You can stay on your sofa. I'm never going to know. But the bottom line is, I want to take this time to connect with God. We, we, we honestly believe that giving of our tithes and offerings is, is the way that we connect and the way that we worship. So you can head over to the website and you can click on the give button and you can still participate in giving back what God has already given to you. You can mail those here, um, your offerings. I've been checking the mail every day, taking them out and securing those. So if you just, we want you to feel like you are just as connected as you were three weeks ago when we met here in this building. And connecting time is a big part of that. So whatever you need to do this morning, pray, give, seek God, Light your candles. And remember, as you break that bread, it's the body of Christ broken for you. And as you dip it in your juice or you drink the juice, remember that that is the blood of Christ spilled out for you that represents the new covenant, this grace-filled covenant, this covenant of love. This is your time to connect with God. Do so however you need. May you be people that give out of an authentic love. May you never cling to selfishness. And during this time, may you seek for ways to use the talents and the gifts that God has given you to bring the kingdom of heaven here. Have a blessed week. Please reach out if you need anything at all. We are here to still support you, to be with you, and to pray with you.